Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 28 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And uh, when it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. Episode number 28. I can't believe we are here, and I cannot believe we are more than halfway through stage number one, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Um, this past week. There were a lot more. There, there was a lot more separation. There was only um, one game, two games that went to five maps. Yes, yes. Uh, um, that looks right. Yeah. And there were a lot, lots of games that uh, just started off three zero. Honestly, I, I don't know how many, but um, it felt like there were a lot. There were a lot of games that were. It was just three zero, and it was over. Uh, most, I feel like, majority of those games the the team who was down 3-0 ended up winning the fourth map, but um, yeah, it, yeah it, after the week of shakeups last week, this was much more, more consistent. Much <laughs> more consistent. Boombox healthy again. Everyone, everyone was like, okay, we can be consistent again. Um, fusions playing again. <laughs> yeah, fusions playing again. Everyone's rosters looking normal again, um, and I think that's the main reason. Joe, like we do every week, let's just jump right into the week um, with last. Thursday. Um, I remember it started off Philly Fusion, Washington Justice, Washington Justice leading off the week again. Um, just like their throw fest with London. I think people also called this one a throw fest between the Philadelphia Fusion and the Washington Justice, <laughs> saying that the Washington Justice, their best quality is making every team they play look as bad as them. <laughs> <laughs> It's not wrong. I mean, you know, they uh, Washington, you know, took map one already right off the top, but then Philly came back to kill the next three. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was interesting to watch. Philly, Philly was looking better as the series went on, but for sure. <laughs> um, and, and they were probably also just getting used to bomb, boom box, bomb box, boom box getting back in the lineup. Um, it's, it's what you call Poco when he's playing Zenyatta. Yes, <laughs> bomb box. Bomb box. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, they should have had him play instead of Elk. Just put him on the <laughs> uh, But yeah, uh, I, I don't want to get... I did, I'm not going to read too much into this game. Uh, Philadelphia Future can play as bad as they want as long as they win. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boston Uprising, Soul Dynasty. Um, what people would consider a huge upset here, Boston Uprising winning 3-1 to one with the return of Fusions looking like a way, way better lineup than they did um, against Shanghai. Seoul looking lost, looking like they were playing the Dallas Fuel again. Um, just uh, their, their pace is... I think they're confused about what pace they want to play. Do they want to be aggressive? Do they not? Uh, I think they do want to be aggressive. It specifically Fissure does, but in this game, I think they were very confused about it. <laughs> and in the games, yeah. they look bad. They are very confused about it usually. Uh, yeah. I had, I had uh, picked Soul for their match on Sunday against New York, uh, but but if you remember, my caveat was you know it's really heavily going to depend on how they look on Thursday uh, versus Boston, and yeah, this definitely wasn't a good sign. Uh, for for later in the week nope it wasn't um but as a big fusions fan this was it was good to see him back and uh winning with the boston uprising uh they just looked it looked like they outplayed him uh strategically and pace wise um 
they were just they were just playing better than this old dynasty. Uh, then we get to Guangzhou Charge and Florida Mayhem going to five maps. Uh, Mayhem once again, I, I believe this is taking taking Guangzhou to five maps is is above expectations for sure. So Mayhem continually. I feel like this was kind of the story for them last year. Like they were competing, but they had a terrible record and just kept losing. And yeah, they never had the chance to finish anything. Exactly, and they're doing the same thing this year so far. So, but, but yeah, for for a team sitting at number eighteen, um, you know, uh, taking on Guangzhou sitting at five and doing that well, you know, it's it's something for them. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you look later in the week when they lost to the Houston Laws and. You forget about this matchup. You kind of just forget about it. You put it in the back of your mind and you say, hey, this didn't exist because they lost to the Outlaws 3-1. to one. Okay. Yeah. And then we ended the day with the San Francisco Shock and the Hangzhou Spark. The Spark continuing on their lose streak, losing to them 3-1. to one. Um, And the Shock uh, finally get a big win. Um, who did they lose? They lost to the Gladiators before this and somebody else. Paris? No, they haven't played Paris yet. They play Paris this week. Are we talking about Hangzhou or San Francisco? San Francisco? They lost to Vancouver. Yes, Vancouver. San Francisco Shock have, have one of those teams that had a brutal schedule, and this week was very, very, very nice for the San Francisco Shock. Well, they had they played Washington Justice, but they also played the Hangzhou Spark, another very tough team, and they ended up grabbing a win, which is really great for them after a one and two start to now be three and two. Um, and they looked good while doing it. Um, and I'm not talking about their jerseys. I hate their jerseys and their colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, this was a good match. Um, did you see this one, Joe? I know this was late night Eastern. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I might have um, later. It's hard to tell, but yeah, it's um, really solid showing up. I thought for. Um, some of the San Francisco, like particularly there, um, the uh, you know, Super Space Sinatra on the uh, Ryan Divazaria lots of times. It was really good. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it it still felt like a spark struggling spark team while watching this for sure. But uh, it, it, it the shock looked impressive. We move on to Friday, where uh, my Los Angeles Gladiators um, failed once again. To, to do anything I was I was watching the beginning of this game because I was somewhere doing something I was at was I at work no I wasn't at work I don't know what I was oh I was at the doctor's office I was at the mm-hmm. doctor's office just pulled it up on my phone and then the doctor called me in um, but it was like after map one on Busan which I believed gladiators won very uh, like, London won that one really Two one well yeah. they were l- or no, the the very first point of Busan as well. Oh, I mean. okay. Which is which is yeah. I'm surprised. I'm also surprised they won two one because <laughs> the first point of Busan. I was like, the Gladiators look so much better than than the Spitfire. They might just they might four zero this one, um, and they didn't. So uh, that <laughs> that that didn't happen. But it was still very close. Uh, the Gladiators looking. I mean, they're. It, they're facing super hard teams, and it's so frustrating um, that they're one and four. Uh, but they have to win some of these, you know, Joe. They have to win some of these. It's true. Yeah, I'm 
uh, pulling up their schedule, you know, they played uh, Seoul and San Francisco and Paris and London and Hangzhou. Now, going into week four, they're playing Atlanta, which is also shown to show it to be a really, um, yeah. really good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be rough for them. But stage two is looking a little brighter, so yeah. that'll be good. Yep, yep. Hopefully, hopefully that'll help until like the meta switches and everyone in that everyone they play in that stage is like god tier again. And <laughs> yeah. then it's just their luck. But I just wanted to point out Decay and Roar. I don't think they've been living up to expectations. I've been I've been doing a little stats um, compiling here on the Overwatch League website, seeing where people rank in the league, and uh, Decay and Roar deathwise have not been doing well. Um, Decay at a 5.11 average per 10 minutes on deaths, which is 101st in the league. Um, and Roar at 143rd with 6.42. Um, <laughs> yeah, Decay has got the fifth highest average damage per 10 minutes, but and, and the 12th highest final blows, the 22nd highest eliminations, which are not bad at all. Those That's good. But that death stat is terrible yeah um <laughs> you, you need to fix that you gotta think you know there's 200 some players in the league so you want to at least be in the top 100 yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely um especially when you're zarya and if you guys did not know if you lose your zarya <laughs> if you lose your zarya first in the fight you only have a five percent chance of winning that fight <laughs> i thought a couple days ago that we needed to try to work that into the show somehow and i did and, th- and then i forgot until just now <laughs> but yeah yeah sorry is important everybody yeah. just fyi just if they didn't know i hope that like I, someone posted it on the subreddit like as a joke i hope like the casters start just like piling it on every single game like on purpose now well they practically did yeah basically Uh, it didn't seem like it was a joke though to me they they, they need to feed him some new stat yeah yeah, this week yeah (laughs) did you know 100% of the time Azaria dies in the first fight the caster mentions the stat that when Azaria (laughs) dies in the first fight (laughs) the team only wins 5% of the time (laughs) so many stats um, we move on to the NYXL once again looking dominant against the Toronto Defiant, um, which is even more impressive after the Toronto Defiant looked impressive against Boston later in the week. This this NYXL squad is pretty good, Joe. Would you agree? Yeah, it's like we said last week. You know, surprise, New York is doing well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's basically what it is, though. You know, they're uh, still. Well, no, not the only undefeated team, but they're uh, the only six and O team, you know, currently sitting here. They've got one more match in the next two weeks, uh, looking really good to go into the into this stage. Yes, um, NYXL. <laughs> they might they might be the second team ever to do a perfect stage, which isn't as impressive as Boston's, uh, because Boston's was ten and O, and they had to play everybody else in the league. Um, it's true. They're playing. Team. Playing shock this week and then a bye in week five. Yes. So anyway, so they got a hard hard game left. It could be a, it could be a loss, um, but we'll get we'll get into that later. Vancouver, <laughs> Vancouver Titans then proceeded to three one Los Angeles Valiant, and it started off with a three zero. Um, they full held on on uh, Horizon 
full held the Los Angeles Valiant on defense and to end. I, I believe I I would like to call it a dominant map there, and the Valiant continue their their woes. Um, they would later get eliminated from stage playoff contention later in the week here, but the Vancouver Titans also looking dominant. They're in second at four and zero, right behind the New York Excels here, um, and uh, I, I think these teams want to play each other. I think they want to play each other pretty bad. For sure, I think what didn't we say it's not like until stage four though. <laughs> that yeah. They- they finally do that if if they could i they could this could be the stage the stage championship though joe you know that's true we could see that in the stage playoffs somewhere that that would be interesting that's something that we didn't see in season one is that if you get a a stage playoffs where like the first time that they've played each other that stage was you know in in the finals or in the the semifinals or something exactly because everyone had to play each other before that would be interesting yeah, um, that's 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 the greatness of uh, having a smaller schedule and having. I mean, last year seeing everybody play each other four times gets real tired by the end. It gets real exhausting by the end because it's like, oh, we've seen this before. But um, that, that's that's the beauty, and you only see Pacific and Atlantic teams play each other once throughout the season, and then maybe possibly in the playoffs, stage playoffs. So. We'll see what happens. Then the Shanghai Dragons, they're they're streaking, Joe. They're win streaking um, after it's this true. one. Four All the way up to two. Four to, four, to, <laughs> four to zero against the Chengdu Hunters. The two-game win streak. Um, the first ever in the history. Uh, but they're looking better and better each week after this game is what I had to say. Um, and yeah. the, the, I mean, to talk about the Chengdu Hunters strategy, Joe. It's kind of getting old, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it's consistent. <laughs> uh, it was gonna be my response, but yeah, that uh, you, you know, you gotta think eventually these teams are gonna be prepared for it. Uh, you're not gonna find the success you found, uh, you know, game one versus Guangzhou, uh, which is that their only win? No, they're uh, two and yeah. two. So uh, they beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I they forget beat who, but Florida. They beat somebody else. They beat Florida. There you go. But yeah, eventually, you're right, it's going to get old uh, if it isn't already, and you, know, you got to come up with something else. Uh, a main, main tank still um, with no playtime on Winston at all this stage. That's It's going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe it's Jichi Ren is the one that's still in China, I think, um, which is the problem. That, that sounds right, yeah, because I think he's also a main tank player. Yeah. Yes, that is the problem, and why they have to continually run this Hammond strat, apparently. So, um. I mean, <laughs> after three weeks, you almost could have just learned Winston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I probably shouldn't say that because I had no idea I'm yeah, not yeah. a pro player. But <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that one. It takes three weeks to learn Winston. Quote weeks Joe. To learn Winston. <laughs> it takes exactly three weeks to learn Winston at a pro level. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's time. I mean, just just change something up because it's not working. But they also they were also facing Guangzhou, a very nervous Guangzhou team, and Florida, and those are their only two wins. So maybe the squad's just not that good, either. Um, who knows? Well, let's move on to Saturday where it started off with a game I did not think was going to be 4-0, to 
in favor of the Atlanta Reign. I don't think you thought it either, Joe, because we both picked Paris in our predictions. Definitely not, yeah. Um, Atlanta, they impressed me. I went into this week, um, like most people had Atlanta in their like top eight, if not their top eight, their top five. And I was, I thought that was ridiculous. I thought their strength of schedule was not that hard yet. I i thought the team looked good, but they were facing easy teams. They were, I mean, they should look good against these teams if they're going to be mid-table. So I, I, I had them like around like 12th, 13th still. I was like, this team's not that good. Uh, but they came out and they just shocked um, the Paris Eternal. I think everybody, Paris Eternal looked this team that looked so well put together the previous two weeks and looked like they definitely could be the best goats team out there just fell flat against Atlanta and Atlanta's crazy. Like honestly, just out of nowhere strategies and just play playing like Atlanta's play style is like, is like that team that you just don't know what, what they're going to do kind of. And that's yeah. that's their best strength is like they don't do things like te- other teams normally do, so that's that's what shocks them. Uh, what do you do? You think Atlanta Rain could could pull out a win against this against NYXL Vancouver Titans? Do you think they could compete with the top Joe after this one? It's a good question. Um, we'll but uh, I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit. We always like to give. Like, if you didn't see at all um, any Overwatch League this week, we always will tell you one um, match you should go back and look at. For me, it's this one, uh, uh, Paris versus Atlanta. That Yeah, I was uh, really impressed with the way Atlanta um, car- carried themselves through this series. Like you said, the relatively low expectations. You know, they've they've held their own against some top teams, but, you know, I think they're like 3-2 and two or something probably right now. Which is a good guess because most teams are three and two. Uh, they're th- they're three and one after yeah, three and one. after three they're weeks, but alone in third place. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it, like you said, uh, Atlanta's showing off really how strong they um, can be. I was impressed. Um, I think it was an impressive uh, series for them. Um, yes, but so as far as what's um, what does that foretell for them? It's hard to say. Uh, let me pull up their schedule. Atlanta is playing. Uh, LA Gladiators, Chengdu, and Houston um, in the next two weeks. So, I mean, it's um, they definitely have the potential, I think, to make uh, playoffs at this rate, uh, for sure. You know, lots of their harder matches. <laughs> they play New York uh, twice in Stage 2, hmm. uh, and <laughs> London, and uh, Boston. Yeah. Anyway, uh... but, yeah, relatively late schedule. I mean, um, for Atlanta Stage 1, um, especially after this really dominant win over uh, Paris, they yeah I think they're they're in a good position like uh, much better than I predicted. I think I had them, you know, at like thirteenth or something in my yeah uh, preseason rankings. Yeah, they do I have had a pretty. It, I had them at fourteen. You had them at seventeen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, had, I had them super low. Um, they have yeah, I, they have a decently. Decently easy uh, stage one schedule. I'd say their fusion was a hard matchup. Who they lost to? Um, I thought Paris was going to be an even harder matchup, but they beat them. 
Um, and then you have the Gladiators as another hard matchup, if if you can even consider that a hard matchup anymore. Um, <laughs> if they come and play well, it'll be a good matchup. Yeah. Yep. Um, hopefully they. Hopefully they're looking better. Maybe I, maybe Bishu is missed more than I more than I think here. Um, but they also face it's it's they should finish out this stage at least two and like two and one in these last three games and at least five and two overall in the stage, which I would will think definitely so, get yeah. them, definitely get them playoffs. Um, Atlanta, impressive, impressive, impressive. Uh, then the outlaws beat the mayhem. Um, and I believe this is the game where the Jake meme came from, right? Where he's pointing at his computer screen. Um, because uh, probably, the game. yeah, I think that's the, that's the only match they played this week. So yes. Um, <laughs> and that, so. That has been memed beautifully and brilliantly. Um, someone put the, the clip of Bren saying that the Outlaws won't win a game this stage or something <laughs> like that, or the, the, one of the weeks, and and it's just Jake like pointing at it, laughing. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I have nothing. The Outlaws look good sometimes. They look bad sometimes. They look good mostly against bad teams, um, which yeah. is and they they needed a win and they got it. So I mean, that's the yeah. Other good thing for him, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> then the shock four-owed Washington Justice. Uh, yeah, shock's good, but just as bad. Anything else to <laughs> I, say? I, I think I think that was the map, uh, or that was the series that they played. Nimbani and Sinatra got frozen or something, and so they had to do a technical pause to get Sinatra oh, yes. a new keyboard. But, but uh, it's notable, at least that. Uh, because Sinatra was like stuck in the middle of the street or something, uh, but when they unpaused, rather than uh, rather than killing him, uh, DC let him get away. So it was kind of nice. Yeah, um, but, a good good sports good sportsman over there on the Washington Justice, but they sure. should have done it. They need they need the map ones where they can get them, and they should have <laughs> done it. They absolutely should have done it. That's <laughs> true. Oh, and um, speaking of that Nimani map, now that I think about it, that was also. The uh, fastest Numbani attack ever in Overwatch League history mm. uh, for San Francisco Shock. I don't know um, if you feel with that, but there was there were I think uh, four fights on the attack. It was one for point A, um, one for point B, um, and it was like three and a half fights because it was like half a point right after point B, or half a fight and then another fight on the on the payload that is just all super decisive for San Francisco and they finish with like four and a half minutes of the time egg or something almost five it was ridiculous lots of lots of snowballing um in this goats in this goats meta because there are records being broken all over the place joe it's true um then we move on to joe's joe's map joe's game to rewatch was atlanta rain paris eternal mine was the shanghai dragons dallas fuel which was a very very close game and i think we both expected it to be going in um shanghai shouldn't sure. pull it off couldn't pull it off in the end. Um, well, it, I mean, they could have, but <laughs> <laughs> didn't pull it off in the end. Um, and one of the reasons why was a terribly embarrassing C nine on Dorado. <laughs> they, they were up two maps to one. Yeah, and then they just left the cart in overtime. They said. We don't. We don't want to be on the cart. We want to fight. <laughs> but and it wasn't even close too, because like as I recall, like the fight was going on up near point B, or maybe there was 
there just had been a fight or something, but there was like nothing going on in the payload. Yeah. Um, but it was just Young Jin on Brigida just decides to leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, there's a fight. I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not yeah, pretty. Not not pretty. And then they proceed to get two would on Nepal. I mean, you can't you can't come back. You can't win a point on Nepal after you just C nine like that. Like people are calling it the worst C nine in history. Like it it was. <laughs> if you if you've seen on Reddit the clips of Achilles and Wolf going back and looking at it, or Sideshow going back and looking at it, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Most C nines like are debatable as whether or not they're c9s but this one was clearly a c9 um clearly and then we had sunday the day of three ones apparently every single game three to one um boston uprising toronto defiance boston look did not look like how they did against soul dynasty but the toronto defiant looked very very good specifically ivy on zarya was was dominating apparently his stats this game were insane even though um, I don't know how I could see those personally, uh, but according to the people who have those stats, those individual game stats, they could tell me that Ivy's Zarya stats were insane this game. And it's something about Neko, uh, an old Boston Uprising player. It's something about these old Boston Uprising players that, that the new Boston Uprising team can't just can't figure out. It's it's a secret password or something that shuts them down. <laughs> Shuts them all down. Shuts down Huck as a as a general manager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toronto um, looks nice when they look nice, which so far has been against you know Houston, LA Valiant, um, and Boston. Now, all all three of those teams, not the best teams, but it's true. Um, but still, they look they look dominant in those matches, which is good for them um which i could see mid table here for toronto defiant i think they are the definition of mid table <laughs> it's probably true yes um hangzhou spark los angeles gladiators i was out there for my boys my glad i was like this is it the spark have looked terrible the last three games you gotta win this game and the gladiators said no no we do not have to win this game <laughs> and uh the spark said we don't look terrible we're, we're actually good again um so suddenly. yes suddenly we have decided against your team john that we're good uh it was a rough week overall for all of my teams across across overwatch league across league of legends echo fox had a very depressing week in league of legends it was just a rough weekend for me and my teams i i felt sad uh, but it was a close match again um it was a close match again, Joe, right? That's that's all I can say. <laughs> Is that a redeeming factor enough for me as a Gladiator fan? It was a close match again. Yeah, it's, you know, it's up to you, I guess. But, yeah, really uh, defensive focused on Route 66, only uh, one point to zero. But that's how it goes sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll talk about a defensive match here in a, here in a bit. Uh, but we, we get into now two matches that uh, we picked different teams for, Joe. This was the different, the difference maker in our weekly predictions. If you don't remember our weekly predictions, we post them on Twitter, what teams exactly we picked in our records. Uh, going into this week, me and you were tied, right, Joe? We both had like five uh, out of eight. Yeah, both had five. 
um, and we made different pick. We made the same picks for. We both picked Paris to beat Atlanta. We both picked Gladiators to beat London. We both lo- lost both of those <laughs> matches, and um, then uh, Joe, Joe continued to lose on these last two matches. And <laughs> we have our first O four week. It's true. Yes, and I'm I'm glad it's not me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but Joe picked the Valiant. I picked the Guangzhou Charge, and uh, I made a good pick because the Guangzhou Charge looked very good, and the Valiant continued to look very confused of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, submitted their their decision that they just decided not to be interested in uh, stage playoffs. Yeah, so. <laughs> cemented their decision. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but if you haven't seen King's Row, uh, go watch King's Row. Um, if you're going to watch any of this game, go watch King's Row because Los Angeles Valiant broke the record for quickest King's Row ever. And then uh, the Guangzhou Charge said, um, we'll, we'll beat your record by an entire minute. Like, that was just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, that, that was both super fast king's row attacks uh and then after after guag chose attack it the valiant just were not going to win this one um charge looking great again last week i talked about it i do think this is one of the top teams i really do that when they're on they're on three two against vancouver they took them to five maps um it that this is a good team um, and then New York, New York Soul. You picked Soul, Joe, um, which you regretted after the Boston game. <laughs> yeah, is another uh, similar situation to this um, LA Guangzhou match in that you know I, I said you know LA just I think is going to end up wanting this more. Um, same same sort of thing with Soul, but you know I think they had you know I thought they had the potential, um, but yeah, coming in uh, coming out of their first match of the week was not looking good. Um, uh, not looking good for Seoul, and the scoreline reflects that. Yes, and speaking of defensive uh, maps, every single one of these was pretty pretty defensive. They they didn't take um, like any points on on Numbani or or uh, Volskaya, which is ridiculous, especially on Volskaya, which is a super offensive map. Numbani super offensive map and both these teams are just playing very stellar defense uh and and that new body map was insane um it was insane how because both new york on their defense both new york and seoul like lost lost fights on defense so you'd think offense takes the point there they lost a fight but both teams just came back on defense and won the next fight um at a disadvantage to to full hold and it was especially exciting for Seoul who attacked who defended second so it was like ah New York's got this no one ever full holds on Nubani and then Seoul Dynasty's like we full hold on on Nubani <laughs> and we also do um so yeah this was this was a closer match than the, than the scoreline says for sure um until we got to Dorado where New York won that one three three zero uh, soul, soul kind of gave up there. Joe, are you worried about the soul team? Is this rust? What? Where? Where is this team going? That's a good question. I'm pulling up their schedule. See what? I, see what I can glean from that. But uh, yeah, soul's interesting because they've got, you know, clearly they've got the the talent here. Um, 
did you in the individuals looks like this week they're playing Washington, so hopefully that'll be a um, a win they definitely need. And then they're playing London on um, uh, in week five on Saturday. Uh, so those will be uh, uh, that'll be obviously much much closer. But you know, London definitely proven that they they are uh, fallible this stage. Uh, well, also a good team, but also fallible. I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you know, Souls uh, two and three right now. I, obviously, with a win over Justice, they can be uh, three and three, and then it's possible. I think uh, definitely possible for them to finish with a with a positive record. Um, uh, it's just just a matter of. Um, I mean, which well, which soul and which London shows up in uh, yeah. week five, probably. Oh yeah, um, I think people just want they're doing souls. Souls got a nice record here. They're still in contention. I mean, it's not that it's not that big of an implosion here. They just lost to the best team in the league. So it's true. Um, uh, the loss to Boston's a little more concerning, but um, the New York loss I don't think is that big of a deal. Uh, but they do. I mean, it's Seoul. They're supposed to be one of the top teams um, because it's it's Seoul. It's it's Cor- the only Korean team, the only the only team that is based in a Korean city. Uh, so th- there's high expectations on them. Uh, maybe a bit too high of expectations from the Korean fans, uh, specifically on that forum website where people are threatening to uh, starve these players. Um, but uh, I think so. I think Seoul picked up players this week, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which uh, we'll DPS talk about on flex something. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we, we we have to give out our MVPs of the week, Joe. Um, who, who, do you want to start? Or do I? I think I should start because we just talked about the New York Excelsior. Who I I just had to I had to give MVP to someone on NYXL because they're once again dominant and uh, we haven't been giving them too much credit because they they've been playing some bad teams but they they have a really good team um, and I'm gonna give it to Nene specifically just because looking at his stats he is top five in damage per ten minutes final blows per ten minutes eliminations per ten minutes and deaths per ten minutes um, which if you look at other people's stats, you can see people like in the top five for maybe eliminations, but then for final blows and damage, they're not. Um, this is super consistent to be in the top five in your four important stats. Healing is not an important stat for Nene, uh, but it's crazy to see this man's stats. This is his first year in the league, um, and he is looking very good on that Zarya. Very, very good on that, Zarya. I can't wait to see him on maybe a DPS hero, if you've ever heard of of DPS heroes. Um, he might be good at them. Maybe. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, MVP. Who Who's your MVP, Joe? Yeah, so mine um, is also related to the uh, um, my, my highlight match that I picked, uh, which, of course, was Atlanta versus Paris. Um, and so coming off of that, again, Atlanta really dominant, really um, showing off what they're capable of. So I'm going to pick uh, Masa, actually the support player from Atlanta, is going to be my MVP this week. Um, just really, really nice Lucio all the way through that series. Um, whether it was enabling the, the Reddit grav um, on Hollywood, 
or mm-hmm. uh, lots of boops. I'm pretty sure they played Ilios that series um, for the yeah. control map. They, yeah, just uh, really showing off what he can do. Um, which, you know, Lucio, um, not so much a healer in this meta, but really um, supporting the, the tanks and supporting the team. And, um, yeah. and Masa is definitely important for that, for this squad. Yeah, send up some great boops to start the fight. Um, that's what it's all about for some of these Lucio players, and Masa's great at it. Uh, I agree with you there um, on on that tech. Not too many people would pick him as the MVP that game, but I would agree with you. I think the, the talent did for that game. Oh, yeah? As, as I good. recall. Yeah. Good. Um, I think the majority of people would pick DeFran because they're fanboys. <laughs> DeFran boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Defragman, by the way, fantastic n- nickname for the duo of Dogman and Defran. Uh, uh, Dogman, Dogman is amazing. I, I I love Dogman. Been following him since he was back in in Contenders, and like I, I mean, his play is not that great, but it's it's amazing how much trash talk this. Man <laughs> I was just about to say his trash talk though. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Um standings uh me and joe i mean we'll we'll talk about so let's just there there's a little bit of a weird thing in here we'll talk about but let's just go over um sort of where where everyone is most teams are three and two um lots of three and twos or two and threes but you have some undefeated teams like new york xl six and oh up at the top you have the titans at four and oh atlanta rain at three and one and then you get into the three and twoers after th- after third place, you get you got the shock, the charge, the fusion, the defiant, the spitfire, the fuel, um, all at three and two. And then um, sparks at three and three. They've already played six games. I think them and NYXL are the only teams to play six games. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, and then you have in the middle of them. This is where me and Joe are confused about. I think we mentioned it a little bit on on some previous episodes, but what where I don't understand this why Paris Eternals in like in front of Dallas Fuel why three and two and two and one are the same in their eyes. Yeah, this is the for those of you who don't know, this is the standings tab just at Overwatch Overwatchleague.com, dot com, um, giving you the stage rankings. But yeah, they're uh, the way they're ranking it, they're not doing by number of wins. Uh, they're not ranking by number of losses. They're not ranking by uh, map differential. Uh, you pointed out they're not ranking by map win rate or by uh, by series win rate. Um, it's just weird. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing I can figure is that by the end of the stage, in theory, it will have worked itself out because everybody will have played the same amount yeah. of maps or, or the same amount of series. But in the meantime, it just looks really weird. Oh, yeah. so you've got 6-0, uh, 4-0 at the top, and then there's a 3-1 team. 3-2, It's just weird. It, it makes sense for Paris to be... I mean, in my from from my sports knowledge, it Paris should be above all the 3-2s because most sports go by win percentage. Um, and Paris has six sixty six percent win percentage, while um, all the three two teams have sixty. So Paris should technically be ahead of all of them. But if they were going by like point system, which is what um, soccer does, 
which is basically you for a win you get two points uh they would be below uh, and that's the way soccer does it because much like the overwatch league a lot of the teams aren't caught up to each other on matches played so so they do the point system to say hey um this this team hasn't played as many games so we're not going to reward them as much as the other teams uh, but I don't know what system they're doing here. Where uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Like it seems like it just a just like it doesn't seem stats based to me. It's just like two one's the same as three and two. That's the, that's just their decision. Like that's just what they've decided is what it feels like, which is weird. Weird, uh, definitely. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it is a stat. Who knows? Uh, maybe it. Maybe it's a an algorithm. Something. I don't know. Okay, let's. Whew, what a what a week. Let's let's move on to PTR patch with an insane insane amount of buffs and nerfs, and we finally get so many changes. Oh my goodness, Joe! I am I feel bad for you as the patch man for how many changes you have to go into here. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um. <laughs> And so I'll preface this saying, personally, I really hope this is all in for, all in for stage two. Um, they've got, I think, three or four weeks before that happens. Uh, so I think it's definitely possible. Uh, we'll just have to see exactly uh, what they think uh, about all this. Maybe they'll pull like they did um, season one, stage four, I think, or stage three um, of last year where they put... Um, where they played on the new patch, but they didn't. Uh, they just banned Brigida. I feel like they may do that. Um, there is precedent, at least um, for for stage two here, that they play on this PTR patch, but also just ban Batiste. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But yes, the PTR uh, was updated uh, last Tuesday, and then again on last Thursday, actually. Uh, two patches, and obviously the biggest one here. Um, is the addition of Batiste, um, new new support hero. Uh, we, we we talked about some of the lore last week um, before the PTR officially dropped, but we know about what he can do now. Um, that he has uh, both the uh, left click uh, gun that damages uh, enemies and the right click sort of grenade launcher thing that'll heal your allies. Uh, the biotic launcher. So that's that's what it calls. That's what it calls that. Uh, regenerative burst, which is his uh, left shift, which basically feels like um, uh, inspire, except you can manually trigger it, is basically what um, is what I'm getting from that because it's you know it's just a buff that you place on yourself and uh, your allies. It's your only way uh, that Batiste can heal himself, actually, which is notable. Um, not like Anna with her with her uh, bio nade. Uh, that can heal herself that way. Um, Exo Boots passive, that if you hold down uh, Crouch, you can sort of charge up a giant uh, jump, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, whether it's going to be relevant or not, we'll have to see. But uh, definitely the mobility is good. Um, then, uh, obviously, the I think it's fair to say it's obvious that the biggest uh, contribution that Batiste brings here to... Um, the support role is his immortality field. That's his, his E on a 20 second cooldown that will um, make you invincible down to uh, 20% of your max health. Um, it's a little drone that he can throw. Um, 
that then the opponents have to damage it before they can damage you. Um, yeah, I definitely I thought this would be his ultimate when I saw <laughs> it in that video for sure. Um, yeah, that was exactly exactly my thought that um, I forget what video it was, but yeah, just like the general video about you know here are his abilities, <laughs> and he threw that down, and I'm like, that's got to be an ultimate. And then yeah. there was, and then there was, there was the more. amplification matrix at the end, and I'm like, I guess <laughs> I think it yeah. definitely could have been um, retuned the other way to to have immortality field be the old and amplification yeah. matrix be the. Um, I mean, specifically because be I'm the, playing a character in League of Legends very often whose ultimate is that it's the immortality field, um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's an ultimate. That's an ultimate for sure. Um, there, that immortality field is actually super interesting and different because it also, if the enemies get into that immortality field, they are also Im- immortal, um, which is an interesting take on it, which kind of makes the ultimate League of Legends. League of Legends. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I was which say. I thought, which I thought might be might be an interesting way if people are super annoyed by the immortality field. Maybe Blizzard could tweak it so it does that. Like that'd be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, the it, it, I think to have that as an ultimate would be interesting because then it just like maintains the uh, the whole thing about um, being able to have a defensive support ultimate, um, just like like sound barrier, like transcendence, which are obviously really valued. Um, I think if uh, if they really wanted to make Batiste meta, I think that would have been a great way to do it. Um, but I'm sure he will be anyway, because um, it is on a 20 second cooldown, and that's uh, faster than you can charge your ults, unless you're tracer maybe. So <laughs> um, then, the, yeah, the amplification matrix—it's uh, a little uh, Rhine Shield type thing, although they've changed the visuals a little bit. Um, that'll double the damage uh, from uh, friendly bullets. Uh, this is projectile and hit scan, um, plus things like uh, Ana shots to heal. Um, uh, Batista grenades to heal. Um, I was trying to think what other type of projectile healing there is, but I think that might be it. J- just Ana and Batiste, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that'll double the healing as well. So super. Um, um, really, both yes. uh, am- amplification matrix and immortality field are really going to be really like fight defining sort of abilities. Um, you think if Moira like sprays her healing juice through that, it works? Ooh, uh, I bet it would. P- probably not the orb, but maybe the left click. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. I'm it's sure somebody's so tested that. There's so many amplification ultimates in this game now. They just keep doing amplification stuff. I thought the I thought the ultimate could have been a little bit more creative. In my, I'm just sick of ampl- amplification stuff. Like I want something interesting, kind of. Yeah, because cause you can stack sense. now um, Mer- Mercy Damage Boost and Nano Boost and Bongo and um, yes. I, at least for a bit the um, in some of the pro pugs I've seen they're just calling it squares because <laughs> the, the design of this amplification matrix is now sort of like a it's got like a square overlay on it yeah. so they're like, oh, just use the square Just use and that square <laughs> Just yeah. massive damage And click their heads Use the square, click the heads. That's how you win. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so as far as you know, uh, what he's going to be able to do, um, 
people have pointed out, I think it makes sense that he'll be uh, feeling better in like a bunker comp type thing where lots of his allies are close together, not only because of the AoE heals, but also because um, obviously the immortality field is relatively um, small range, and so to be able to get everybody in there is super valuable. Um, <laughs> I think one of the first videos I saw of him in action on the PTR um, was Jane playing in um, some pickup games, and I thought it was interesting. He was using it, um, the immortality field, uh, like to enable a super aggressive Reinhardt. Uh, the, oh. they're, they're playing. They're playing King's Row, and so they'd be in the streets, whatever. And he'd be like, "Ride, go, charge somebody!" And so Ryan would just shoot up ahead, and then he would chuck the immortality field after him, so that that he could start swinging on whoever was oh. there, um, you know, way ahead while the payload moved. That was an interesting okay. idea, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy sort of thing. I mean, because uh, ostensibly, right, he does sort of fit in with um, the theme of goats for sure. Um, as like if if he's on a team that is running goats, I think that, that's gonna be valuable. Um, the but even if he's um against goats, I think is is successful enough too because again, this is sort of a composition that um thrives on being able to um to to watch and punish mistakes. That did he make a cough? <laughs> Um, the the goats is uh, really focused on trying to punish the mistakes of the enemy, whether that's you know cooldown mismanagement or that sort of thing. But um, to have immortality field, uh, granted that's another really important cooldown that uh, will not be an important part of the rotation. But also to be able to um, sort of cover for somebody's mistake uh, and punish the the, the aggression, uh, the you know that normally a goat's composition would would lead to that you know you use your speed amp and you go in and you uh, you kill somebody but that'll be hard now so yeah uh, I, I think he's definitely going to see some play which is exciting yeah I, I do too um, I think the immortality field is very goatsy but I think the rest of his kit is not specifically his uh, his ultimate his ultimate would be terrible in goats because That's every true. every other character just basically like Zen could use that and maybe Zarya, but the rest of the team. Like, they only have two damage dealers in Goats, usually. Um, and do you even have Zen if you have a Batiste in Goats, you know? It's true. Uh, who, who's Batiste replacing? Because that's super important. Every every character in Goats has a pretty uh, a pretty set set thing that they have to do. So, um, <laughs> take, taking, some, taking someone out of the lineup usually can be detrimental sometimes running winston goats can be detrimental because you don't have that ryan damage you know running somber goats can be detrimental because uh, who do people usually take out for some for somber even diva, even, diva okay can be yeah. detrimental because defense matrix is an insane ability um <laughs> it's true no matter how many no matter how much they nerf it it still can eat graviton surges um um We've got so, so much left. All right, zoom through this, Joe. I've got work. We we still have so much podcasts left. Let's go. <laughs> we do. So, um, there were a lot of changes, um, which yeah, we're just gonna go through real quick. So, armor beam type damage now reduced by twenty percent with when hitting armor. Um, I can think of Symmetra, Zarya, Winston, May, um, 
probably somebody else, but those who I can think of that now is um, that armor's gotten a buff against, which is interesting. Um, also, damage over time effects are no longer mitigated by armor. This is uh, Widow's Vitam Mine, Ash's Dynamite, um, uh, maybe... Uh, it's probably not Torgrim's Molten Core, because his whole gimmick was being good against armor. Um, but... Uh, so, so a little change to how uh, armor works there. Um, slight buff to um, Venom Mine, I guess, and, and Dynamite um, for how powerful those are. Those are already. Uh, damage boosts are now applied when a projectile is fired rather than when it hits a target. Uh, so it makes a lot more sense for characters like Mercy who can right-click um, as you're shooting rather than as the... Um, uh, bullets are landing, just makes things a little bit easier. Um, this was introduced, I assume, um, to deal with some sort of logic in uh, Amplification Matrix that they had to change um, the way that that was thought of, because again, that also is a damage boost for projectiles. Um, uh, knockback, they reworked the way they did that. Um, the way they described it, knockback distance is now more consistent. Heroes that are flying can now be knocked back and slowed. Um, and essentially what that means is that whereas on the live patch currently, uh, your knockback speed and direction and momentum and that sort of thing is affected by your movement speed and direction and momentum um, at the time the knockback was applied, um, now that is not the case anymore on the PTR. So, um, uh, you know, if Lucio right-clicks you, for example, you'll move about the same distance um, in... Um, whatever direction that Lucio has a lot more control over that now. Even if you're, for example, D.Va... Um, using shift or mercy ulting um and apparently it's really good uh to to disrupt our mercy res now um that any kind of uh, so you see and she just goes flying uh which is sort of a shame <laughs> for mercy <laughs> uh sound a new sound plays when you land a hit while damage boosted a new sound plays when you land a hit but it doesn't do any damage uh so damage boosted obviously uh, whether it's Bongo or Nano Boost or Mercy Boost or Amplification Matrix, uh, when you land a hit but it doesn't do any damage, I assume uh, this was primarily meant for Immortality Field, obviously. Um, but I wonder, I haven't actually checked to see um, if it also plays that sound, like if you if you um, shoot Orion Shield, for example, and, and don't do any damage there. Um, but the, yeah, a couple new sounds, uh, those are nice to hear, I guess. <laughs> nice to hear. So, heroes. Let's we're, we're just gonna keep speeding through here. Uh on a nano boost heal reduced from three hundred to two fifty. Uh that was a buff that recently got added. So now when you nano target they only get two hundred and fifty extra health instead of three hundred. Really only matters for tanks. So um the the Ana tank interaction nerfed. <laughs> Doomfist, <laughs> rising uppercut, uh Cooldown reduced from 7 to 6 seconds. Seismic Slam cooldown reduced from 7 to 6 se seconds. Doomfist slightly buffed because he was trash, so now he's slightly less trash. <laughs> Hanzo, Sonic Arrow. Detection radius increased from 7 to 9 meters. Uh, that actually increases the width of uh, the Sonic Arrow effect by 4 meters because the radius is uh, twice. Um, so that's actually super big. Apparently the old radius before his rework was like 11 meters or 10, uh, so it's not quite as big as it was, but apparently it's because of how dense the environment is on some maps. Uh, they've given Hanzo a, a vision buff, if nothing else. Uh, Lucio Sonic Amplifier Soundwave now counts toward of his offensive assists. It's just a stat thing as far as I can tell, uh, although he might gain, I guess, fire from it or something if you care about being on fire in a match. Um... <laughs> 
which is which is nice because we've seen in Overwatch League how important it is to have uh, you know boosts into self destructs, for example, in goats. Uh, McCree fan the hammer uh, damage reduced from fifty five to sixty uh, fifty five to fifty per bullet. Uh, used to be like forty five, I think, so it's still slightly above from where it used to be. But now he's not exactly the uh, tank shredder. Um, notably, it changes the breakpoints. Um, uh, I think I'd, I'd have to do math now, um, <laughs> but I think it changes some sort of damage breakpoint. Um, so that's notable. Um, so dead eye change damage per second increased from 275 to 550 after locking onto targets for one and a half seconds originally it was two and a half on um, uh, this second ptr patch changed it to one and a half um essentially making it a lot more effective uh when attacking uh this says high health static targets like barriers so essentially people behind a ryan shield um are a lot more vulnerable now once you lock on and you can start ramping up the damage much more quickly um uh, I saw a gif on Reddit of um, uh, killing five out of six people on a team um, with a full uh, full duration high noon behind uh, Symmetra ult, because he can kill Symmetra ult with one bullet and kill five people with the rest. Um, if you if you just stand in the open and uh, high noon, which you're probably not going to do. But again, a little bit more effective against tanks is essentially all it is. Uh, so that's nice, I guess. Uh, May endothermic blaster primary fire damage increased from 2.25 to 2.75, so 45 to 55 damage per second. Um, ice wall health reduced from 500 to 400 uh, makes wall a little bit worse, um, essentially with no trade-off because primary fire you don't use for damage. Uh, so uh, you know, unfortunately, May as the goat's counter um, gets a little bit worse. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to be uh, affecting her. Very much though, because basically you use May to stall and you use May for cheese, and neither of those things are super um, drastically affected um, by uh, the wall health reduced a little bit. Uh, Moe Robotic Grasp heal over time duration increased from 3 to 4 seconds, total healing increased from 50 to 65. Essentially, the um, it's that heal over time is the lingering buff that applies after she's finished left clicking you. Um, the uh, healing per second actually doesn't change very much at all. It's like you know 0.3 uh, difference healing per second, uh, but essentially that buff lasts longer. So uh, buff to Moira, that's nice. Um, that's basically all there is to that. Um, she doesn't get tons of use. Maybe she'll get more. It's hard to say. Uh, if we're, you know, the the issue with Moira obviously being that she can't heal through barriers, and there are lots of barriers in the meta right now. Arisa Fusion Driver, movement speed penalty while firing reduced from 50 to 30%, um, which is cool, I guess. Uh, the, uh, in the, uh, if we're going by the live knockback, knockback logic, uh, while she's firing, Arista, Arista was more resistant to knockback on the PTR. It doesn't matter anyway, so she might as well get a bit of a movement speed buff. Um, the developer comments says that it allows her to play a little bit more like a defensive tank uh, because she can push uh, a little bit easy, a little bit more easily while firing. Fire a rocket launcher, minimum explosion damage increased from 16.25 to 20. Uh, doesn't change the total damage, um, but just uh, increase the minimum damage slightly. So, like if you're in max range um, on a rocket, um, so it, and this, they they point out that this is where the minimum damage was before the rework that she got several patches ago. 
Uh, Soldier 76, pulse rifle damage increased from 19 to 20. Sprint delayed before you can fire the weapon after using sprint reduced from 0.5 to 0.3 seconds. Uh, Tag visor can now target rift tire and immortality field. Uh, Tag visor is super good um, buff. That's something that he needed for sure. Um, the sprint change is more just quality of life than anything. Um, that uh, I always thought that was something annoying about Soldier was that he couldn't sprint. Um, for it looks like half a second after or he couldn't shoot for it looks like half a second after he used sprint now it's only 0.3 seconds so that's kind of nice i guess um notably this uh damage buff though does really um change uh some damage breakpoints though for soldier um because again he has i think like five shots uh maybe more before um his spread kicks in now and so if you do five headshots at 20 damage each that'll kill a 200 hp hero um which is super important. So that's a um, really good buff to Soldier, actually. Uh, Sombra Hack, cooldown reduced by half when ha when hacking a health pack, which is nice, so you can do that a little bit more often uh, without feeling like you're wasting a cooldown. Uh, Torbjorn, base health increased by 50 armor uh, to 250 total, and Overloads has uh, effect has been decreased by 50 armor, essentially shifting that from his E ability to his base health. Um, to help his survivability, apparently. Uh, Widowmaker Infrasight now reveals the enemy health bars um, and is cancelled on Widowmaker's death um, because Infrasight had no counter to its effect, so now it ends when Widowmaker dies. Um, and then the other change was sort of to balance out that craziness. Uh, Wrecking Ball Adaptive Shield, huge for the huge for the hamster mains. Um, adaptive Shield will now lo no longer cancel roll mode. So you can uh, pile drive in, press E, and then roll straight out without um, even having the chance to be um, locked in your um, your normal hamster shooty form, which is uh, certainly not ideal if you're in the middle of the team. Had a bunch of bug fixes, and that was the first BTR patch last <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> You got anything? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll just say that I am very happy that they're doing a lot of changes uh, instead of just a few. Like I feel yeah. like they need they need to just like the best way to to uh, to make a change in the meta is by changing a lot of heroes at once. Um, well, guess what? You're in luck. Yes. <laughs> because the PTR was updated again on Thursday, February 28th, um, including some more changes. So, Junkrat was buffed. Frag Launcher, uh, it's his left-click impact damage increased from 40 to 60, so his total damage is now 140 uh, max damage per grenade, up from 120. Uh, just when you thought that Junkrat wasn't doing enough damage, now he's doing more. Uh, Lucio got a lot of changes. Uh, amp it up, speed boost amplification reduced from 70 to 50%. Um, and just normal speed boost effect has been reduced from 30 to 20%. Uh, that's huge. Obviously, that's a really big um, reason why Lucio is picked in GOATS, um, is for his speed, which has been, um, this, which is now a lot less effective. Uh, Sonic Amplifier Soundwave now comes toward the offensive assist, that's the same. Uh, he also got a wall ride change where his speed buff um, increased from 20 to 40%. Um, and this is, uh, I believe I saw on Reddit, this is the speed um, while he is wall riding, and this isn't the speed that he gets when he jumps off of a wall, uh, which, which actually hasn't changed. And so actually, uh, the total... Uh, 
total speed that Lucio has actually is still reduced because um, when he's on speed song, um, that speed bonus has been reduced. Um, and obviously, when you're when you're doing your wet your Reddit Lucio wall skims, uh, you're not really spending any significant time actually wall riding uh, where this speed buff would be um, in effect. So uh, a little bit again, uh, pretty significant nerf to Lucio um, there in um, in this patch. Um, McCree again, they um, they changed a previous change, uh, but it's still. Uh, Dead eye damage is starts to ramp up more rapidly after 1.5 seconds, not 2.5. Uh, Reaper's lifesteal buff used to be 30% um, of his damage converted into healing, was buffed recently to 50% of his damage converted into healing. Now it's been reduced again to 40%. Um, the developer comments, sometimes making opponents feel like Reaper was unstoppable. Uh, so you're welcome, bronze players. Uh, that's also me. Uh, so it's okay, but um, yeah, so Reaper a little bit less uh, life steal, because um, obviously not really a huge concern at the pro level, but uh, you know that's significant for sure. Uh, Zarya nerf particle cannon uh, alternative alternate alternative fire, which is weird. Um, alternate fire's explosion radius reduced from two meters to three meters, uh, two one meter to two meters based on energy level. Uh, as Zarya got more charge, her right click grenades um, got bigger. But now they're um, all smaller than they used to be. Um, it makes making her have to aim those a little bit more carefully. Sure, that's fine. We'll take it. Uh, Zenyatta, Orb of Destruction damage increased from 46 to 48. That's his left click and his right click. Uh, Orb of Discord effect reduced from 30% to 25%. Uh, what that means is that Zenyatta can do the same amount of damage um, to a discorded target, uh, whether it's body shots or headshots, uh, but his team will do less. Um, so, um, making Discord uh, in GOATS, um, essentially, or any other you know team-focused composition, Dive also, uh, to an extent, um, less effective. Um, and that's the Thursday patch. And then there was actually a patch on Friday, uh, which there had like was. two... Uh, yeah, <laughs> Friday, March 1st, which had like two more changes. Um, that was the visual change to Batiste's um, amplification matrix. Um, to make it look a little bit less like a shield. And uh, Symmetra got a buff uh, that her primary fire damage now ramps up 20% faster, um, which is 20% faster than, I think, another 20% buff that she got since her rework. Um, so again, uh, huge changes to Symmetra. Uh, and again, if you're just left-clicking on a Ryan shield, not only are you getting ammo back, um, but you're charging up your left-click really quickly. Um, so lots of patches, or lots of lots of changes. Um Lots of nerfs, and lots, lots of, of buffs, <laughs> and lots of patches. It's true, um, and that's one point three four. So that's on the PTR right now. Hopefully, they're playing it in stage two of Watch League. Um, yeah. It's going to be really different. Um, based off what at they, least that's based the goal. off what they said, that's that is the goal. Is probably to play this in in stage two. I mean, hopefully we see it. And it's it's really there's so many changes I couldn't even predict what it what is going to happen after this is released. So. Yeah, I think notably, uh, Lucio got a pretty bad nerf. Um, Zarya got a pretty decent nerf. Uh, yeah. Soldier got a really nice buff. Um, the rest of it is sort of whatever, but yeah, um, <laughs> they're not. There aren't too many like really big changes. They're all like per, like nice small 
changes that could have a big impact because there's so many of them. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's I like I like that strategy. Uh, thank you, Joe, so much. I want to like <laughs> give you a round of applause. That was so quick, so beautifully done. Um, good job, Joe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're they're not treating you right. That's abuse, Joe. How much change? How many changes they're <laughs> they're they're making? That's abuse towards you. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but besides that, that was obviously the main news the biggest news and hopefully we see it stage two we should see it stage two there, um, there was also a, a bug fix patch on live that's next on the list um yes. nothing really notable other than that the first time they pushed out the patch notes they called it venice instead of rialto which, <laughs> which was interesting they had to go back and change it yeah but, they're like ouch <laughs> other, than that, other than that uh, not much yeah um Nice. Uh, besides that, Soul added Illicit and Highly um, from... Oh, I just... Why'd I close the link? Why'd I close the link? Illicit's from Team Blossom and um, Highly is from O2 Blast. Both both Korean contenders teams. And this brings uh, the, the Soul Dynasty up to a 12-man roster now. Um, they joined San Francisco Shock. Uh, as the only two 12-man rosters in the league. Um, so this is uh, interesting. I don't know anything about either of these players. Do you, Joe? Nope. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, other than, uh, you know, Harley comes in now um, as the other um, flex support to Jayhawk, um, you know, whether they're trying to, um, you know, give him a chance to have more freedom or what, it's hard to say, but... Um, that's that's notable and then obviously um illicit joining the really strong dps line really of uh fleta and munchkin and uh fitz and i feel like there was somebody else i don't know uh munchkin yeah munchkin fleta fitz and illicit that's it yeah um but yeah uh highly it's good that they have someone at least competing with ryu jaehong's spot on the roster because I'll be honest, I'm not too impressed with Ryu Jae-hong since season one. Um, I know there's so much hype on this guy because of how great he is at Ana, but um, I don't know. He just hasn't been that that impressive. He's he's had to play Zen. Zen's just better than on than Ana. So uh, I just don't think he's he's been as as great as he used to be. Uh, so it's good that they have some competition in there. Uh, because they didn't have a backup to him before. Um, in fact, he was like the backup to to other positions, <laughs> um, specifically last season when he was playing tank and all this other stuff. It's true. Uh, yeah, so it's good that they have that they maybe have some competition. Maybe saying, "Hey, Ryuji Hawk, step your game up, or else we'll just replace you because we have other players now," um, which is good. Uh, Soul needs that. Soul needs Soul needs that extra push. We get into week four here. Um, it's a shorter week, two less matches, uh, g- giving the players a slight b- little break because of two less matches. Uh, yeah, next what, week, of course. I should <laughs> yeah. say that's what happens when you have... Um, it's 28 times 20 divided by 2 uh, divided by 5... Uh, or divided by 4 matches per stage, which ends up being 70. So you can't really... Um, 
divide that into five weeks evenly. So we have 16, 16, 16, and then 14, and then eight <laughs> <laughs> for eight. some reason. Um, yeah, so that's uh, two less matches. That's fine. Um, I'll I'll miss those two matches, I guess. But maybe maybe we'll get some longer death segments or something like that on Thursday and Friday. That'd be nice, but uh, I doubt it. It's true. I absolutely doubt it. Um, and of course, the really, as... the really short week is just to accommodate for the um, the away matches in stage two, three, and four. But there isn't yep. one uh, stage one, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, God, I'm excited for that. I forgot about those. Uh, I am excited for those. And now Atlanta. Atlanta's good, and they're hosting one. That's going to be fun. That's true. Um, yeah, but storylines to watch. Uh, if you guys don't know, we predict four matches every week, uh, but those are usually the main four matches we talk about. But sometimes there are some games that maybe we should uh, highlight that we're not going to end up predicting. So we just we highlight them real quick. The first two are on Thursday. Um, two, once again, very tough games for the Los Angeles teams. The Gladiators go up against the Rain uh, and the Valiant go up against um, the Philadelphia Fusion. Extremely hard hard schedules for both of these teams. I cannot believe it. Uh, but they uh, they have to they have to keep going. Will Valiant get their first win? Will Gladiators finally redeem themselves? I mean, I think that's a big storyline to look out for there on that Thursday. Uh, I think. I would like them to because uh, every game is played in LA and I would like the crowd to continue to go to the games um, because if you don't know in sports, when your team starts to stink, you kind of just say, I don't want to go anymore or I don't want to watch anymore. Um, So I, I would like the crowd to still go, but of course you still have tons of people in LA that aren't from LA. For example, me, um and basically everybody uh so <laughs> <laughs> there 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 are a lot of other fans besides la fans uh and then the other one we could not i didn't pick this as one of the games because uh both of these teams are involved in t- other games that i think deserved picking uh, but the paris eternal san francisco shock on sunday uh, they are both going to be coming off of either really great wins or really upsetting losses um, against some great teams. So, and these two teams are supposedly really great teams. So we uh, we shall see how that matchup goes. Uh, but right now, Joe, I am beating you by two games. It's true. Um, seven. seven I've won five. seven. You've won five. Let's get down to business here. Um, we're picking every Friday game because Friday is that dang good. <laughs> it's true. And there's only three of them that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they went three for three on the scheduling here. First game, Paris Eternal, Vancouver Titans. Um, this is going to be this is gonna be good. Paris coming off of a brutal 0-4 to Atlanta Rain. Uh, Vancouver Titans trying to... St- stay up there with the nyxl and be undefeated this stage as well they would love to do that joe do does paris uh make a make a 180 turn here and uh beat the vancouver titans yeah i think uh it's your first line there i think is the most important that paris coming off just a just 
destructive loss. Uh, that's not the right word, but they did not look good against Paris or against. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Paris didn't look good against Paris. Um, against Atlanta. Um, that yeah, and I think that's going to be um, an issue again. We've seen how strong uh, Vancouver is now. There, uh, they're starting to pick up the pace here at the end of this um, stage, like in terms of having matches. But, um, but yeah, I've got to give the edge to Vancouver. I think here in this uh, series, just because. Um, Again, how how surprised we were um, by Paris this last week. Yeah, um, I, I like Atlanta's team, uh, but Paris's schedule—they've only played three games still, but their schedule has looked maybe a little less like impressive than we thought. London definitely was not looking their normal selves at the beginning of the stage, and maybe still isn't fully their normal selves. The Gladiators are one and four. Um, and while they've played really hard teams, they haven't been performing that well either. Um, and then Atlanta um, has had a very easy schedule still. Um, and we don't know if we really don't know if Paris is a part of that easy schedule or if they're actually hard because Paris has also maybe had an easy schedule. Who knows? We, it's all over the place. Uh, but I'm going to go Vancouver here. Um, and if it's a dominant match again, then I think we can say... Paris was not as good as we thought they were, which is sad. Um, but maybe, I don't know. It's once again a hard team. Um, New York Excelsior. Sam Smith was shocked. So we both picked the Titans there, uh, to clarify. Yeah. Both both Titans. What if I just, my strategy is pick the same team as you the rest of the season <laughs> so that I just, so that it's just I, I can't lose. <laughs> maintain the, the link. <laughs> I cannot lose. No, I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not gonna be like. I'm not gonna be like that, guys. <laughs> but it, I'm the one who makes the little graphics. So if you do that, then I can yeah. just change some of my picks <laughs> without telling you. <laughs> that would be. You could do that easily. Um, <laughs> next game is right after that. Uh, the second game on Friday: New York Excelsior, San Francisco Shock. Uh, the Shock on a nice old two-game win streak. Uh, number one in most people's power rankings at the beginning of this season, and a lot of people's power rankings at the beginning of this season. New York Excelsior also up there and proving it a little bit better than Shock has been so far. Uh, but this is this is it. This is the Excelsior's game to get a perfect stage, a seven and zero in this stage, uh, and it comes against a very hard San Francisco Shock team who have coming is coming off a week where they finally looked. Very impressive. They finally looked like uh, the team they could be. Joe, oh, this is a tough one for me personally. But Joe, who are you, who are you going to go with? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's it's an issue of um, that, I, that I've now learned not, um, or I've learned that I don't have to go for the underdogs all of the time. Um, <laughs> because sometimes that's worked for me and sometimes it's not um but so i've got to pick new york i think uh for this series I, you know they've, they've been looking really good this stage um it's, i think it's just a matter of time um so, so when we can see uh, uh vancouver and new york uh, in the playoffs because i think it's gonna happen um and yeah i think they're gonna they're gonna uh, start it right here all right um I, I I'm going with the underdog this time, Joe. I'm I'm picking the San Francisco Shock, um, and it's for it, it. Just they don't have their signature win yet. The Shock, 
and they've been they look good but they need they need a win to their name that's like okay these guys are real good um and i'm gonna go with this win against the newark excelsior to to get them over that it's gonna be five maps it's gonna be close but i'm going shock uh we differentiate there joe we we split onto different paths and we once again must root against each other well not against uh, each other just against, <laughs> against against the players that are being paid yes. a lot of money <laughs> yes and that's what i would love to, that's what i love to do every week uh dallas fuel shanghai dragons a rematch right away um we deserve it uh shanghai hopefully not a c9 this time but did the dragons redeem themselves this was a super close match and um i don't know this dallas feel looked good shanghai looked good um is it i feel like in the second match i feel like this is a series that should be split one to one i think these are pretty evenly matched teams do you think shanghai does it though um yes so i think this this one for me i think was the hardest pick of the four um yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Like you said, that um, obviously Shanghai didn't uh, it didn't it didn't go the way they wanted um, um, in this last series. Um, like I said, I think they definitely could have uh, made it. You know, it's just uh, a mistake on Dorado is all that sent um, them to map five for all we know. But um, I, I think uh, though to have the immediate uh, rematch has got to be a little bit of an advantage um, uh, for Dallas, actually, um, just because, um, it, it, I, like, I assume some of the maps are a little different, but some of them probably are the same, um, and to be able to have that really fresh experience um, and then to be able to turn around and capitalize that, capitalize on that, I think is going to be valuable. Um, it, it, I don't know, I feel like Dallas is going to be able to... to you know, remember if that's the right word, uh, the the weaknesses and, and the patterns of um, Shanghai and bring it back. Um, Does this, this, this change next your week? mind? None of the maps are the same. It's mm. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> except uh, Nepal, except Nepal, because they played map five there. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, uh, we'll we'll say no. We'll say no. It doesn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm just like thinking about these maps to see to like think is this is this more favorable for Shanghai here? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Shanghai wins this one. I feel like they easily could have won the last one if they didn't see nine. Um, it was so close. I'm I'm gonna go Shanghai on this one. I think Shanghai is a better team in the end. I think they have more talent. Um, but I think Dallas has some better coaching. So it's a it's a matchup of the coaching versus better team, but I think the second time around the better team maybe a little less nerves will will look better out there, um, especially after getting that C nine off of your mind. Um, yeah, so we differentiate again, and then our final game that we are predicting this week uh, is on Saturday. It's the last game on Saturday. It is the Hangzhou Spark versus the Toronto Defiant. Um, this is an interesting matchup. I chose this one because Toronto's coming off of a performance that um, was was awesome. It was a great performance. 
And Hangzhou Spark is also coming off a pretty good performance against the Los Angeles Gladiators, but they've kind of been uh, a little spotty. Uh, they've been all over the place. I believe this is Hangzhou's last game of the stage. Yes. Yeah. They're three and three currently at 500. Is Toronto also? Toronto's three and they? two. Three and two. So this is an important game for both teams, especially Hangzhou, um, if they would like to make stage playoffs. Uh, it's a must win, basically. So this is going to be a big one, Joe. Uh, do Toronto continue their winning ways? Does Ivy look like a god again on Zarya? Or do, do the pink and blue boys um, continue their win streak here? Yeah, so this one I am... Uh, uh, this one I'm calling for Hangzhou. Um, and I think uh, part of that is because this is Hangzhou's only match this week. Um, part of it, like you said... That this is you know one that they absolutely need to win. Um, granted, both teams do, but um, and I do think overall they are the better team. Um, you know, obviously we've seen weird things coming out from um, from both squads. You know, weird good and weird bad. But um, I think overall the, uh, the the edge here has got to go to Hangzhou. Yeah, I'm also going Hangzhou. I think it's going to be less of a must-win for Toronto after they beat Chengdu earlier in the week and are at 4-2. and two. I think they're going to have a less sense of urgency than, than Hangzhou does. Um, they are Hangzhou's at 11 at 3-3, three and three, so they really, really do actually need this win to make stage playoffs. Um, and I think they will get it. It's their only, like you're saying, it's their only match of the week. Uh, and it's their only match for the rest of the stage until playoffs. So... Uh, they're putting all their energy into this one. I'm going Hangzhou. They've got the better talent there. It's all about execution, and I think they will execute this time around. Well, Joe, wow. Thanks for joining me on this fantastic PTR patch <laughs> Overwatch League podcast. Um, I'm yeah. excited for this week. Um, yeah, real solid show. And yeah. And good matches coming up. Oh yeah, and we get we get to see maybe maybe you'll win both the games um, that we that we dif- have different picks in, and we'll tie tie right back up at the picks, or maybe I'll just get a even bigger lead. There you go. Um, but yeah, this this was on the flank uh, episode number twenty eight. If you guys want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at our personal Twitter accounts. Mine is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. We have our show has a Twitter account as well. It's at On The Flank Show. Uh, We tweet out uh, our MVPs and our predictions every week. If you want to see our predictions in a nice little graphic made by Joe. Thank you, Joe. Um, you can also email us on the flank show at gmail.com. Anything you guys would like us to talk about any questions you have, and we will talk about them. You can also tweet at us if you, if you're not old fashioned and you don't want to use email, um, you're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in another way, we are also at on the flank.podbean.com on your internet browsers. We are on my YouTube channel, which is John George. The easiest way to find it is going on my Twitter account. Um, if you're on an iPhone, you can use iTunes or Apple Podcasts. If you're on Android, you can use Spotify, Google Play to listen to us. Thank you guys for listening, uh, and I hope your stage one week fours are fantastic. <laughs>